Hello, hello, hello. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is actually happening. I'm back on the podcast. Hey guys, my name is Kat. I'm the host of your podcast, Heal with Kat, and I am so grateful to be here with you on this week in this space. I honestly can't even believe that I'm back. Um, If you've been following this podcast since I started it back in, I want to say, well, it was probably May of 2022. Um you'll know that I've been on quite a journey with all of this. And it started off, you know, with weekly episodes and having guests on towards the end. And right around October, right around the eclipse times, I just got really tired. And the holidays were around the corner. And um, my boyfriend and I were like, literally so close to moving to Colorado. And I have, I just launched the uh, first round of the Patterns of Love workshop and was really committed to that, was closing out some coaching clients. And I was so busy that I was like, I can't keep up with the podcast. So I took a break. And I'm really proud of myself for honoring that because I think sometimes I really hold myself to these like perfectionism standards. So, um, you know, I, I, I expect that everyone expects me to like keep my shit together all the time. And uh, in reality, I, I'm as a self-employed business owner, I'm juggling about 10 different balls at once. So I'm, I had to take a break. But all of that to say, I'm really glad to be back because I knew I knew I wanted to keep the podcast around. I knew that I was really interested in having a platform like this to speak on. I just wanted to make sure that it was a platform to speak on that felt aligned with what I was putting out there. And I I also had felt back in October that I was kind of reaching for certain things to speak about. And now I'm just kind of like, I'm just showing up whenever I feel like it. So welcome. I think this is episode 22, which is so great. And I'm coming to you from my bed today. Um, for those of you who get my newsletter, you'll know that I had surgery a couple weeks ago. It was elective. Everything's good. Um, but I've been like in deep recovery mode since then. And, you know, on top of that, um, I'm in my moon cycle right now, of course, on the full moon. And um, it's been, uh, for those of you who do follow my journey, I've struggled with endometriosis for most of my life. And I'm on this really deep spiritual journey and physical journey to heal it. And um, yeah, I just, um, being in recovery in bed, it's, it's been, it's been nice to just sit back and not be so busy all the time. And I felt like the space that I'm in where I'm deep in rest and recovery was a really great place to kind of open my heart up to what really wants to come forward. Um, and you know, as we know, the busier we are, the less time we take to really tap into ourselves. So it's been great. I've actually been really enjoying it. Uh, I thought I was going to put a lot of pressure on myself that I wasn't working out or that I wasn't being active, but actually I've stayed pretty busy and I stayed in a pretty good mental place. So I'm feeling good. Uh, today, as I mentioned, is the full moon in Virgo. Um, it's March 7th. And it's the last full moon of the astrological year. 
And I was sitting in bed this morning thinking about recording this podcast episode, and I was like, I need to tell people how excited I am about March 20th. So March 20th, I believe, is the spring equinox. I'm like looking at my calendar. I believe March 20th is the spring equinox. And it's also one of my favorite holidays of the year. It's a Persian holiday called Nowruz. Um, I grew up with a lot of Persians in my life, and I celebrated this holiday every year. And Persians celebrate their new year, along with many other cultures, on the spring equinox. So, um, and astrologically, we do the same thing as well. So the spring equinox for me always brings so much positivity, new beginning, like a, fr- a fiery, fresh start to the year. And I love that feeling, you know, it's, it's, it's a really good feeling when you know that like, not only do you feel that within yourself, but like with the energy of the planets and the world and just the energy of who we are as like cyclical beings, like we get to be in this space. And um, this being the last full moon of the astrological year in Virgo is really telling. It's the themes that come up around it. And this is thanks to Cosmic Rx. I love their podcast, their posts, definitely give them a follow on Instagram. But they noted that the themes were releasing perfectionism, letting go of control and micromanaging, uh, lifting of spirits, thinking bigger, appreciating how far you've come, which is really big as we approach like the astrological new year getting organized, and my favorite, owning your wholeness. And this is really something I'm passionate about talking about, which is, you know, owning your wholeness. It's such an important reminder that, like, we are whole in in all areas of our life, in all of our emotions. You know, I think a lot of people in the spiritual or healing world say, oh, well, you know, your wholeness is you fully healed and fully aligned with your higher self. And it's like, well, First of all, are we ever really fully healed? And second of all, yes, your wholeness includes being connected to your higher self. But wholeness is not just uh, including the positive things that we experience. I believe, I, I hold the philosophy and the school of thought that, um, you know, we are whole. Like I, I tell myself, I am whole even when I'm sad. I'm whole even when I feel messy. I am whole even when I feel depressed or down. Like my wholeness... My worthiness, my my wholeness as a human being and as a soul living in this human body is not dependent on how positive or how negative I feel. My wholeness is already always there. And wholeness, by definition, is the sum of all of the parts, right? And there are parts of me that I'm still healing that are wounded and I'm still whole in those moments. So I just, I really loved the themes for this last year. And my moon is in Virgo, and I love that the full moon is in Virgo. So I just feel like there's, this is like a really big, really big time of, of year and time of life. But if you're showing up to today's podcast episode, it's because I opened up on my stories uh, a little bit ago about a time in my life where I was connecting to my intuition very deeply for the first time and very intentionally too. And I don't know how long this podcast episode will be. I really don't have a plan. I just have a bunch of notes. And I'm essentially going to speak from the heart, which I have to say, it was like last night I was sitting at the kitchen counter and listening to some nice piano music and writing my thoughts and my journey and my notes down. And 
I caught myself getting really emotional as I was writing all of this down. And I think, you know, that's normal, right? You you reflect back on your past and how much you've been through and it can bring up a lot of emotions for you. But for me, it was just a sense of like awe, you know, of this journey that I've been through. And I remember being in the midst of this time of my life of like two and a half years where I was just so confused about what this was all for and why it was so difficult and I was I didn't have the awareness that I have today and so it was really nice to be able to read these notes and and reflect back and be like oh my gosh now I understand why this happened and then of course my deeply intuitive boyfriend who is just realizing how deeply intuitive he really is came in the kitchen and one of my favorite parts of our relationship is how communicative and how deeply connected we are on a um like a like on a like on a mind level like on a heart and mind level like we talk about everything you know like our conflict quote unquote is always very heart centered and it's always very um mature and emotionally aware and so he comes in the kitchen last night and he's like I don't really understand what this all means I don't really understand like what the point of the podcast is and what he was really doing was actually opening my mind up to a lot of clarity that I really needed to provide for myself before I recorded this podcast episode and he was kind of asking me a bunch of questions and I was I was entertaining them and you know at moments I got frustrated and then I got defensive at some moments and then at some moments we laughed and in it led to a really open beautiful vulnerable conversation because he has a lot to do with the story but at the end of the day, I told him that like the purpose of me going through all of this it was actually to, to learn to trust myself. And, you know, I want to say that it was to find my life partner or it was to find, you know, the, the connection to my intuition and realize how powerful we all are with our intuition. I want to say that it's all those like very ego driven things. But at the end of the day, what this whole journey was for me was to learn that I can trust myself, that it's safe to trust myself. And, you know, I don't feel that I really ever understood what trust was growing up. And now into my early 30s, I'm really starting to understand like what trust really is. And not only what it is, but what it feels like. And of course, you get initiated and I was initiated through this experience. Um, and we were talking about last night how I feel that every person that really actively uses their intuition, be it for professional or personal or whatever, but if they're like actively calling themselves an intuitive and really getting into spiritual intuitive work, I feel like we all go through an initiation. I was just talking to a new friend that I connected with on Instagram through um, this, this healers program that I'm in that was started by Zach Alexander. And he, he and I are doing an Akashic reading together tomorrow, and he was telling me about his initiation. And I was thinking, ding, like, I also had a wild initiation too. And that's what prompted me opening up on my Instagram stories about this experience. So with all of that being said, I really want to jump in because I feel like I have so much to share with you. And if you've made it through these 11 minutes, <laughs> proud of you because I have a tendency to ramble. But before we get into anything, I really want us to really ground ourselves. And I'm going to ground myself too, because this, this, this story is really personal. 
it's really vulnerable for me to share. And it's really, you know, exposing parts of myself that I'm still learning how to love and accept, but I feel safe sharing it with you all. So before we really get into the story, I'd like us to just get grounded wherever we are. And it can even be if you're walking, just really feel your connection to the surface beneath you, whatever it is. So if you're sitting in the car, just actively, as long as you're paying attention to the road, like really just bring some awareness to your legs and the bottom connected to the seat. If you're walking, feel every single, with every single step, you connecting with Mother Earth, with the ground, if you're just sitting somewhere or you're cleaning, let's just say you're cleaning the house, really feel into the surface beneath you and how Mother Earth really supports us. And taking a deep inhale in through the nose on your next inhale, filling all the way up in the lungs. And then exhale to really sigh out anything that have that you've experienced before this moment. Taking another deep inhale in through the nose. And exhale through the mouth, getting grounded. So like I said, I, I opened up a few days ago on my Instagram stories about this time in my life where I was connecting with my intuition very deeply and very intentionally for the first time in my life. And while I look back on my life and understand that I was deeply empathetic and a bit intuitive growing up, I had never really understood what intuition meant until I signed up for Nikki Novo's um, Soul Seeker First. Doesn't have that program anymore, I think. She's like changed all of her programs around. But um, I signed up. I met my guides. And around the same time, I was doing family constellation coaching with my mentor, Carrie, when I was just introduced to this back in 2020. And... I started speaking to my guides every day based on something she she basically said after a session, um, spirit wants to connect with you every day and, you know, find a way to connect with them. And so I had a routine. Um, now, this was back in 2020 and 2021. And around this time, I was fresh out of divorce. My divorce was finalized like in December of 2019. And I had started this journey in more like February 2020, um, March 2020, that, that time, and was kind of dabbling in and out of this until really, really deep in it in 2021. And of course, we were in the midst of the COVID chaos. And so um, it was just a really vulnerable time for, for us as a collective, but definitely for me as well. I had moved back to San Diego from where I lived with my family, where my ex lived, and I felt like I was getting a fresh start. And I literally moved into my apartment on like February 22nd, 2020, and literally like 15 days later. Oh, and I had left. I moved into my apartment. I had left three days after that to fly to New York for five days for work. And then I came home and then literally like five days after that we got shut down for COVID. And so it was just a very like 
that time was like being in an incubator, you know, I was on my own for the first time. And, um, I wasn't really dating just yet, but like I wanted to, but I was so busy with work and yeah, just in this really, really new beginning. And I labeled on my Instagram stories, this experience, um, of like reconnecting to my intuition and like dating through, the same time as like opening myself up to my intuition and my guides, I I labeled it a little bit of a re-traumatization. And I I will get into that in the episode about what that means. But it was mainly because of my response to the guidance that I was receiving, which is like what created a pattern of like fear, isolation, and really mistrust with myself and my guides. And I'm going to do my best to describe the experience. Of course, if you have any questions, you can email me or DM me on Instagram um, and I can clarify. But I really feel that like, I believe that everyone has the gift of intuition. It's, it's like the natural telepathy that we all carry and possess as energetic and vibrational beings. I think it's really about personal choice and free will, whether or not you choose to flex that muscle. But everyone has it, and everyone experiences their intuition on a different degree and a different level. Um, And I believe, like, everyone, if they really sat down, it's like going to the gym, right? If, like, if you went to the gym and you were like, okay, I'm going to flex my biceps. I'm going to work my biceps out every single day for, like, a month. You're going to have some fire-ass biceps, let me tell you. It's the same thing with intuition. You know, it's it's the same thing with a lot of things in life. The more you flex it, the more you use it, the stronger it becomes. So that's really what the the kind of phase I was in. I was doing the Kinovos course, I was doing FCTs, I was sitting down every single day and channeling with spirit. And this muscle was getting really big <laughs> and I was feeling very confident. Um And of course, using it at the same time as learning how to use intuition at the same time as dating after getting divorced was a very sensitive experience for me. And what I've come to learn is that I was dating after divorce through the lens of not only my relationship trauma from my my past marriage, but also, unbeknownst to me, my childhood trauma, which at this time I really had no clue what this was. I had heard my uncle talk about like your inner child and my uncle really taught me a lot about like self-love and inner child work and I had been to on-site in Tennessee so I was understanding some of these like like these just like trendier words that were like or these more like labely words that were being thrown around but I didn't really understand the experience of them. So you know there was also a component for me of like I met my ex-husband when I was 20 years old. And at that time, dating apps didn't exist. Um, You know, you met people through, like I met my ex-husband through like a friend of a friend. I went to a birthday party and I met him there, right? Like it wasn't like you really met people like online and and Instagram wasn't like big like it is today. I mean, we're talking like 2011 is, or 2000, yeah, 2011, 2012. So such a different, such a different period of time. And I was with my ex-husband until I was like 27, 28. So 
when you, you know, you get spit back out into the craziness of the dating world eight and a half years later, and you are just thrown into what feels like a tornado of like romance, like craziness. And I remember getting on apps for the first time and just being like, oh my God, this is the coolest thing ever. Like I get to just like flip through and like see if I like anyone. Like I get to just like talk to whoever I want. Like it was almost like this crazy freedom that I had experienced for the first time because in my marriage, I felt like I was really trapped in a box a lot. So because I was simultaneously dating and also healing and massively discovering who I was and my purpose here on this earth at the same time, and learning how to evolve into someone who used their intuition on a deeply spiritual level with a lot of unhealed wounds, shadows, traumas, and triggers, I essentially re-traumatized myself. And it was completely unintentional. And it was not, I had no clue what I was doing. And yet, it was the wildest ride of my life. So I touched a little bit on how my healer and mentor, Carrie, said to me, spirit wants to talk to you like every day, basically. At the time, I was in my studio apartment. I didn't have Max yet. I was completely single and alone. And I loved it because I had been living with someone else for eight and a half years. It was the first time that I had really lived on my own ever in my life was at 28 years old, basically 29. And I was, I was 29. And um, so every morning I would wake up, I would, you know, take care of my brushing my teeth and all that. And then I would roll my yoga mat out in front of my couch. And it would, I would face it towards the window with the sun shining down. And I would make my cacao latte and or my matcha, or my tea, and I would sit down on my mat, and I would I would put some incense, and I would light some sage or some palo santo, I'd get my crystals out, I'd pull my tarot deck, I was, I was using the starseed oracle deck, and then the journey of love deck, and um, I also had the this like Doreen Virtue angel card thing, but after she went off the deep end, I just, I don't really use those anymore. But I would get up every morning and I would just sit on my mat and I would play really beautiful soft music or like Lizzie McAlpine was like on repeat for a long time. The Her Give Me a Minute album, like when I hear that now, it just takes me back to sitting on my mat with this really sensory experience of like being in the presence of not only my own energy, but the energy of spirit. It was like this cleansing that I went through. And I would sit there and I would meditate, do a different meditation every day. Or sometimes I would just wake up and be in a very meditative place. So I would just sit on my mat and I would say, okay, spirit, you know, like you want to talk to me? Like, and I would kind of see like, okay, are they showing me like, do they want to talk to me like by automatic journaling and like channeling or do they want me to do cards? Like I would really, really lean into how I was feeling and I was searching for their communication. And, you know, it's interesting. We don't realize this when we're learning how to communicate with our guides. And, and actually I was communicating with one specific guide in, in, in general. Um, I named him Nathan. Um, there's like a whole backstory on that guide, but essentially 
not only are you learning how to communicate with spirit, but they're also learning how to communicate with you. And sometimes it can be very touch and go. And the way that I would experience channeling is that I would hear things or I would sense words or I would feel words come up for me and I would write them. And it was very somatic. And a lot of times I would also hear them but I had to be very careful about what I thought I was hearing because my ego really loved to get in the way of the hearing. So I would kind of just like sense the words and sometimes I would be like, they would give me like a word and I would be like, I don't think that's a real word. And I would look it up and lo and behold, it was a real word. Or they would be, you know, showing me like G and I'd be like, guh, 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 gr, gr. Like I would have to sound out like a lot of words to make sure that I was like, getting it right and I remember the word green light was like very confusing for me I was like grr, grr, eh, grr, green like I was just sitting there like trying to figure out like what word are you trying to give me and it's like a very deeply vulnerable process because you're like wait am I actually talking to someone am I making this up like and I think we all go through that as like intuitives like you're like wait a second this is so wild am I making this up like because it's so out of body and it's so not human at all. And if you've been in your human experience for so long, you're like, wait a second, this is like really out there. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> so you really have to learn how to like trust whatever it is that you're getting, which is a huge part of the lesson I was learning in this experience or this initiation. But some days were easier than others, depending on where I was mentally. Like I said, some days I would wake up and just feel this total overwhelming peace and, and meditative state of being, you know, I would wake up as if I had just been in a transcendental meditation for 12 hours and I was just like already channeling things in the morning. So I noticed though on the days where I was feeling down or lonely or frustrated, I would put a lot of emphasis on the cards I, I was pulling. And I noticed that I became really codependent on those card pulling uh, days. And I think I started to really see this later on in my life, you know, after some time had passed, but I really needed a lot of control during this time of my life. I think there was a lot of things changing and I didn't have the level of awareness that I have today. So, so many things in my life were changing that by pulling the cards, I was able to give myself a sense of control and my ego really loved that. So... I wasn't always pulling cards and wanting guidance from the most aligned places. And a lot of times I was asking really demanding questions and specifically around dating and love. And, um, you know, in, in my marriage, and I don't really talk about this relationship any, anymore, but, you know, I'll open up for the sake of the, the experience of the podcast. I felt very lonely in my marriage. I felt very isolated. I felt like I was in a box. I felt like I was the only person in the relationship. Um, that my partner at the time was just completely checked out of what a relationship really was. And more interested in what the relationship was doing for him or giving him with when it came to my family and his job. And, you know, I I thought that leaving the relationship would just like pop me in to like this place where my perfect relationship would just come to me, right? Like 
I don't really know how else to describe it other than there was so much possibility and opportunity and freedom on the other side of divorce. And I was so lonely and felt so unloved in that relationship that I saw my single life as like the 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 gateway to like the perfect relationship that I was going to find, if that makes any sense. And my like I wasn't going into being single for the intention of being single and learning to love myself and have autonomy and have my own sense of self. I thought being single is just going to get me into my next relationship and I can't wait because single like singlehood or singledom or whatever was like it, it was like a, a if I wanted it to be a short pathway. I didn't expect it to be a longer journey. And I didn't really understand what being single would do for me. So my need to be loved was so deep after this relationship and my cup was so empty. It was like playing darts in the dark with my heart, truly. And the kind of the pattern that I was in is that I, I used to meet a guy and I would pull cards about them. And if I didn't get the answer that I wanted, which the answer I wanted was, this is your life partner, this is your boyfriend, this is the love of your life, blah, 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 blah. I would quite literally throw a spiritual tantrum and sometimes I would freak out and I would fall into the worst case scenario thinking. I would beat myself up for thinking that I wasn't worthy of love. And at one point on a very dark moment, I yelled at spirit and I told one of my guides that I was going to keep dating and talking to this one guy because I wanted love in my life so badly, so badly. I mean, Yo, on the down low, like for reals, if I'm being honest, I was desperate and it's not a cute look and it's not a cute energy. And now I know that when you're dating from a place of desperation, I mean, you can smell that, you know, like, um, and there was one person in general that I dated for like three or four months who loved that I was desperate for love because he had a lot of love to give. And ultimately I ended that relationship because it just wasn't aligned for me and I didn't see a future with it. But, you know your energy attracts what you're putting out. So I was kind of accepting quote unquote, like love or attention, wherever it came from. And at my lowest, I found myself in some pretty sticky situations. Because I needed to be seen so badly. And I wanted to be validated. And I wanted to be approved of in the eyes of men because I was so deep and empty. And I had a lot of like father wound stuff that I needed to heal. So I selfishly focused on really only what I wanted, and a lot of times I really made no room for anything else other than my selfish needs. So in one instance, um, I had met someone and didn't understand that my intuition was showing me like a past life connection. I thought it was like a current life connection. And I thought that I had received information about that person, you know, of current day when it wasn't. And I remember pulling cards on my yoga mat and being very, very confused about the guidance that I was getting because my ego and my need to find love was very much getting in the way. And the lens at which I was looking at the cards and reading the cards, it's like every word that I read was being filtered through like trauma and wounding. So I was misinterpreting a lot of the messages. 
and spirit was giving me, you know, like the exactly what I needed to hear and I just couldn't see it or hear it. I thought that like I had found love with this person and I literally laid on my yoga mat and sobbed crying because I wasn't getting the information that I wanted and I was very, very, very codependent on the cards and I was, um, I was just in a really dark place. However, when I had good moments and I could really communicate with spirit and I was asking about certain people and there was one person in particular where this happened, spirit would tell me a lot, like, you're seeing what you want to see. And I would, re- I would become really angry and I would get really depressed. And the reason that I, that I became so depressed was because, again, those wounds were so deep in me. They were so, I felt so empty without love. And I was searching for it outside of me. Sorry if you can hear the dogs. Rather than within me. And that's the journey that I was trying to be initiated into. And I wasn't accepting that journey. So I would try to kind of like fortune tell my love life's future. And I started to have a lot of really like negative experiences. And because of those negative experiences, I stopped trusting myself. And then I became very resentful of spirit. And then eventually I just stopped pulling cards altogether because I was a mess. So basically, like long story short is I would have questions about people I was dating or talking to. And because I was coming forward with questions that were based on my deep, deep, deep need to be seen or validated or loved or my codependency or, you know, my fear of rejection and abandonment, I was stuck in a very fear and ego-based mindset. And so even though spirit was giving me the responses that I really needed to hear, they would tr- that would trigger me. And I wasn't able to see the truth and the love that was coming forward. So... Essentially, everything I didn't take the time to heal from my eight and a half year relationship that was super void of any real connection or love or intimacy, and it was very emotionally abusive and toxic, came up to the surface. And then also that magnetized all my childhood wounds. I was completely unaware of all of those things. And then I spiritually bypassed the shit out of myself for like two years. And that was a very painful time. So when I would ask these questions to spirit and my guides, spirit would speak to me through my intuition and through these kind of the clairaudience, clairsentience and all that with their guidance. And like I said, if it didn't slightly suggest that it was like something good or positive, I could not receive it. I would become very triggered. And because, well, now I understand that like our triggers reopen our wounds. And these wounds that I had were not even slightly healed or like they were just like, it was, as, it was as if I had a wound on my arm and instead of like sewing it up and giving it time to heal and like putting arnica on it and like letting it rest, I just had like a tissue paper over the wound. So every time that I got triggered, it was like poking at these wounds. And it was like you would, I would just experience all the pain all over again. And it was just poking and dating was just poking, 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 poking all these wounds. And because I didn't have the awareness of like, oh, this is a childhood wound around disorganized attachment that I'm being triggered with right now. 
or this person is love bombing me and this is a trigger because of this or this person ghosted me and this is triggering my wound for this, like my abandonment wound. I didn't have that level of awareness. So I thought that all of these men were basically like horrible people and that they were abusing me and that like I had no participation in these experiences, which in rea- in actuality, I was I was the one poking myself in the end, at the end of the day. And um, it happened over and over and over and over and over again. Um, I wasn't responsible with my intuition and I didn't understand what it meant to be responsible with your intuition. And I didn't understand trauma like at all like I do today. So I was just deep in this spiritual world and, and just completely disconnected from my human body and my human experience. And... The things I was really struggling with at the time that I didn't know anything about or have the awareness or consciousness to like identify were things that I can understand now, like codependency or disorganized attachment. You know, I experienced some emotional childhood neglect, shadows around being seen or abandonment or my sexuality and being feminine. Um, I was in these really deep patterns of recreation and playing out from like my parents, my grandparents and like other family members. I was holding on to a lot of their old stories and pain and letting that run the show for me and letting that kind of be my picker with men. Um, I had a deeply dysregulated nervous system, which this was the probably the most life changing part of all of my work was like the regulation stuff. But um yeah, deeply dysregulated nervous system. And and for a while, I was in a job, my previous job, that thrived on a dysregulated nervous system. And um, I could do a whole other podcast episode on that. And then I had this massive fear that I was unlovable in all ways. And I had all my protection, survival, defense, and coping mechanisms just up like a wall. It was very hard to get vulnerable with me in dating. I was very surface level. Um, And I had a lot of control issues. And so I wasn't able to always speak to spirit from a very gentle or open or loving, unattached, heart-centered place. Because in front of my heart were all of these, these wounds that were just, everything was being filtered through those before it could even reach my heart or my truth. And I really had no awareness of what it meant to connect with my higher self. So when spirit was giving me like the most elevated and loving guidance and responses to these really fear and ego-based questions, I didn't even know how to receive it because my view on what love and guidance looked like from my childhood was so skewed in my head. Like I couldn't even see them and what they were giving me as like loving guidance because I actually thought they were punishing me. And I I didn't even realize that until I was writing my notes yesterday and I was kind of journaling on, on what to speak on in this episode. I thought spirit was punishing me. I thought that they weren't giving me what I wanted because I wasn't worthy and I wasn't lovable. And I used to really beat myself up for that. And in reality, they were looking out for my highest and best good. But because I was seeing things through these, again, this lens of my wounds and my trauma and my shadows, I couldn't access their truth and my truth. And 
so then I assumed they were punishing me. And that was the worst feeling ever. And it blows me away to sit here and say that I thought that they were punishing me by the way they were trying to love me because it shows me a lot about what I believed love was and how I viewed love and guidance and just how opposite that is from the childhood that I experienced in a lot of ways. So at that point, when I started having these like really traumatizing negative experiences, I stopped doing any and all things with my intuition for like almost a year. And I told myself that I would only do readings for friends and, you know, only if they asked. And even then, when my friends would ask, I have a few friends that that know that I do this work, I would have to create a very ritualistic ceremony-like space and situation to even feel safe going there. And once once I got into it, once I dropped into that very like ceremony ritualistic space that I set for myself, I would drop in and I would be like, oh, this is my intuition. Like, oh my God, like this is so different from what I've been experiencing. And I could hear clearly and I could sense things clearly. And I was, it just was so much more clear. But even, even still, I doubted myself a lot after my readings because I had that, like that fear that was living in me. So I would, when I would do my readings for friends, I would ask them to tell me like what really resonated with me so I could learn to, that it was okay to trust myself. And because it was my friends and I could tell them like, hey, I'm still learning how to trust myself with this stuff. Like, will you just tell me like what resonated? And they'd be like the whole thing. And I'd be like, okay, but like, no, I need to know like specifically like what resonated. And like, yes, that's a little bit of the ego, but like also I was just in a really low place with trusting myself. So I think this is really important to talk about for all people getting into this type of work because I think it's really possible to go down this road if you're not going into readings or tarot or pendulum using, right? If you're going into it, uh, if you're not going into it grounded and clear and connected to your heart and under, if you ha- if you don't have a good understanding of kind of your shadows and your wounds and how things, how you interpret information, like it can be very confusing. And I know for a long time, I was that person that found a sign in the smallest things. And spirit would say like, you'll know when we're giving you guidance, you're just seeing what you want right now. And that's okay. Like it's, it wasn't a bad thing. Spirit was kind of like, they gave me the sense that it was, and when I say spirit, I mean like my guides, like my guides would just kind of be like, it's okay that you want to see what you want right now. Like part of the journey of like figuring it out, but like, don't get, don't go off the deep end. And I went off the deep end, like a lot. So I would say like my advice for anyone who's like getting into this work and who's new to it, my biggest advice that became, and is still to this day, my like biggest tool for like accessing my intuition and I'm not the first or the only person to to give this advice, is to take like five to 10 minutes before you pull cards, go into a reading with someone, or start to think of questions that you want to ask in a session with someone, or use a pendulum or whatever it is. Take five to 10 minutes before to ground, ground into the earth. My favorite thing to do is to like put my feet on the ground and imagine roots growing down to the crystal center of the earth. The roots wrap around the center of the crystal and send wisdom through those roots back up to my feet. Protect your energy. 
My favorite is to ask Archangel Michael to wrap me in a white cocoon of light of protection. Lately, I've been using a lot of like, Jesus, please wrap me in your golden light of Christ consciousness. Or I, I, I work a lot with Joan of Arc. So I'll say, Joan of Arc, please put me in a silver auric field of protection and guidance and love. Um, and regulate your nervous system. Like, I'm not going to go all woo-woo spiritual. I, my philosophy is one foot in the spiritual, one foot in the physical. Regulate your damn nervous system. Like, regulate the shit out of that. Like, take those five to ten minutes to wrap yourself in the cocoon and whatever. But, like, also regulate your nervous system because... Your nervous system is how you're going to receive the information and it's going to wipe that lens clear and clean so you can get back to a state of peace and centeredness within your body so that you can be a vessel. Remember, we are vessels of energetic being to receive the information. And that is really going to change the way that you show up. And energy is everything So your energy has to start with you. Like you have to change and shift that energy within you before you can invite some other new energy into your life. Like it really has to start with yourself. But I don't want this to be a whole like, I re-traumatize myself. And and by the way, re-traumatizing myself, I'm going to get into this, but like I re-traumatize myself in the way that, like I said, these wounds were open and I kept poking at them without doing any healing work and it wasn't until I until like later on about to get into that part of the story where like I started doing the healing work and everything shifted for me and I started understanding this stuff from a very different perspective but you know if I didn't even realize this and I didn't you know you you hear it when you're single but you don't you don't get it until you're in it and I think it's just part of the process but when you're single you know, people say you um, have to love yourself before you can allow someone else to love you or you can love someone else or, you know, that um, that you can, um, you know, that you, the, the work you do when you're single prepares you for a relationship. And there's a lot of truth to that. And what I'm going to tell you is this. Do all the work that you can while you're single create a very solid foundation of self-love for yourself and know who you are as best as you can when you're single because nothing challenges you like doing the work in a relationship because in a relationship you're basically just in a mirror with another person who's reflecting back to you the deeper healing and the deeper layers of healing that are going to be needed in order to evolve and grow And not only are you evolving and growing for yourself, but now you have to evolve and grow with another person. And it's just like, this is where values come in. This is like, like one of the greatest, like Tyler and I from day one, when we were just friends, our greatest value that we shared was growth. Like growth has always been one of the most important values for me and for him too. And I think that's why our relationship is so healthy and so um, intentional and so spiritually based is because we're both even though he's not the most spiritual person in the world like he's very spiritual for I think a man in his age doing what he does for work and all that like given his who he is in his life like he is very spiritual even though he's not like in the spiritual realm but like there is that spiritual growth or that personal growth of like wanting to be our best 
and wanting to always evolve and wanting to always be open. And I think, you know, if we didn't share those similar values, like we would be on opposite sides of the, of the field, like just, I mean, honestly, I really think that value of growth is what keeps us, keeps us together. So, so I think it's really important that when you're single, just to, to try to, to learn about your attachment style and learn about your shadows and learn about your inner child and your childhood experiences, because those are the things that are most likely going to get challenged the most when you're in a relationship. And, um, it's important to look for a partner who's also doing their work so that you avoid a lot of scenarios where the best way I guess I can put this is when you get into a fight with your partner, their inner child is triggered and your inner child is triggered. And without any knowledge of where that trigger comes from, you're kind of just throwing darts in the dark. Like it's just like you don't really know. It's just like fight after fight after fight but when you really start to understand where these wounds come from and why your partner touching this wound hurts you and and understanding yourself on that level it actually takes so much of the pressure off your partner because your partner's not there to fix you your partner's there to do a million other things right but not to fix you so you take less focus on your partner and you make the fight less about your partner and you take accountability for yourself. And I think that's where a lot of couples miss the mark is that they're pointing the finger at the other person saying, you did this to me and you did that to me and this is your fault and you triggered me. And it's like, yes, they did. But also like with a deeper level of your inner child experience, and more awareness around that. Is it really all their fault? Or is it that they did something that triggered your inner child and it became, it went from zero to 60 really quickly. And if you had more awareness around that specific scenario, it would become more of a discussion rather than like a blowout argument. So I got on a little bit of a bit off on a tangent about relationships because, like I said, I'm kind of going in a few different directions. But I really want to get to the light at the end of the tunnel with all of this journey because I went through this for like a year and a half, and I've been dying to tell this story about me and my partner for a long time. I've never really had the right platform to talk about it. I've never really felt ready to talk about it, and um. I feel ready now. So there is a light in all of this. And I said earlier in the episode that I wasn't always able to speak to spirit from a heart-centered and open-hearted and unattached place because there were moments that I really truly could get to that place. Like I said, I'd wake up in this very meditative place and be ready to receive. And oftentimes it was when I was so unbelievably grounded in myself and I was on the mat and I was so present. Like, I don't actually remember all the times that I was really consciously channeling because I was so present and so in the moment. I have to go back to my journals. But I do remember two times specifically. And the first time was when I realized I was channeling for real and I was really speaking to someone. And it was just like as if that that guide was standing right in front of me talking to me. It was a wild experience. But the other time was when Spirit gave me my boyfriend's last name 
a bunch of keywords and told me long haul and life partner. And I actually have a picture of the part of my journal where I, where I wrote all this down that uh, maybe I'll post on social media or something. But it was like Mar It was like May fourth or something, twenty twenty one. It was like in. It was in May, two years ago, and so like the long story short of the beginning of this is that when I lived in my building, there were three, when I was like living in my studio, there were three times that I saw my boyfriend and I didn't know his name. I didn't know anything about him. I didn't realize that like he knew a lot of my friends. I just knew that this, it was this hot guy that lived in my building. And the first time I saw him, I was taking a call, um, outside of uh, the garage and our building and he lives right next to it and he was on the balcony and I was like oh my gosh that guy's really hot like cool and then I like moved on with my life and then I saw him again in one of the community rooms when I was with my friend Rachel we were shooting some social media content for my old job and um he was in there and he was like working we were like filming some stuff and um, again, didn't, didn't get to know his name or anything about him. And then I saw him again at the pool with all my friends and I was like, oh my God, that's that guy from the building. Like he's so hot, whatever. And I remember telling my friends and they were just like, oh my God, he's so hot. And that was it. Like, I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know his name or anything, but, um, I, I, I was around that time that I was really struggling to trust myself and information that I received. So you know, um, it was when I, when I got his name in the reading, I, I remember I paused and I was sitting, I remember I was sitting on the mat. I'm like having a flashback. I was sitting on the mat and I heard Christian and I was like a religion. Like, am I going to date like a Christian guy? Like, and I heard name. And I remember I would ask, like, it, like, I remember I was driving down to go see my cousins and go get sushi with my cousins downtown. And I remember it popped up in my head and I was like, okay, spirit, is it a name or is it a religion? And I heard name, 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 name. Like I always heard name and I felt name. And I was like, okay, my, I don't know. So knowing what I know now, I probably would have waited patiently knowing that like, I, you know. They gave me a name and all I needed to do was kind of just wait around and see if this guy with a name Christian would come around. But instead, I kind of set off set off on this mad quest to find this guy Christian. And it was really messy because I was really insecure and I began to kind of let go of that that information after a while and I just started doubting myself. Like after a while, I remember being like, oh, like maybe I'm wrong. Like I haven't met anyone yet. It's been like a few months and like, yeah, maybe I just like interpreted that wrong. And maybe it just, you know, I wouldn't doubt it. Like I get a lot of stuff wrong. And I've had a lot of negative experiences with spirit. So I probably just heard what I wanted to hear. And so it was only three months or so later. Um, I was in Colorado. And I was with my cousins. We were all at sushi. And I saw him on hinge. And I showed them the phone and I because I had told them about this guy in my building, like everyone knew about the guy in my building. I just didn't know his name. And um, I showed my cousins the phone and I was like, oh my God, it's the guy from my building. And his name is Tyler. And he only had like his first name on Hinge. 
until you matched with him and then I saw his last name but at this point I had we hadn't fully connected yet I like liked one of his photos and sent the request to connect with him and my cousin Sarah goes oh my god what if he's here with us next year and I was like why are you why would you say that and she's like I don't know I just have this like weird feeling and I was like whatever like I didn't you know I was just like whatever I was so amazed and then I remember like a couple days later I was sitting in the living room in Colorado with my cousins. We had this like family reunion and he accepted the request and I saw his last name and I literally grabbed my cousin and I was like, dude, his last name is Christian. And she had no clue what I was talking about. And she was like, what, what does that mean? And I was like, I did a reading for myself about like my life partner and they told me like spirit told me the name Christian and like his last name is Christian. And this is the guy from my building. And when I tell you I froze, I literally froze. I did not know what to do. I had no clue what to do. I was literally freaking out. And I was like, wait, am I making this up? I'm, I have to be making this up. Like I've never experienced something this wild before. Like I have to be making this up. And so we started the conversation on Hinge and, you know, I didn't understand him at the time that he was super busy with work, that Hinge really wasn't super important to him. You know, like I didn't realize how, you know, he's someone that really takes time to get to know. And I was used to guys on Hinge just like asking me for my number right off the bat or like wanting to connect, wanting to see me immediately. Like that's just kind of the vibe of Hinge, I feel like. And he was like this rare unicorn on like this app of like a lot of really hungry ass dudes. And he was just like taking his time to connect with people. And he was looking for really deep connection. And so was I, but I didn't know how to foster that. It was in this weird place. So because like I needed to be chosen so bad and because I had this like fantasy from my wounds that like a guy was going to, you know, the love of my life was going to swoop in and save me and sweep me off my feet and whatever this idea of love bombing like looked like for me. Because I didn't experience that right away with him and like he really needs more time for you to get to know him and him to get to know you, I was like mid-conversation with like other people and him and I just deleted the app and I was like, fuck this. I'm probably wrong. Like this Christian guy, like he's obviously not interested in me because he wasn't love bombing me, which is so traumatic. And I just... I was just like, all right, I just can't trust myself anymore. Like, this isn't this isn't ever going to happen. And, like, I just – maybe he's just going to be, like, another lesson, you know? And so between December – or between July of when I matched with him on Hinge and got his name and, and then deleted the app, like, a couple weeks later, and then December of 2021 – my God, I can't believe that was two years ago – Um. In between that time, I actually ran into Tyler in my building and we exchanged numbers and I was trying to flirt with him and like we went on this like hiking date, Story Pines, and um, I, I wondered like why, you know, like he was coming back into my life again and I had stopped doing a lot of intuitive stuff. So I was really just in the moment of my human experience. I was kind of talking to slash like dating some other people and I like wondered why he wasn't pursuing me so quickly and it kind of felt like he wasn't interested in me because of that. And then right after that, we got the dogs, like he got Riley and then like a couple days later I got Max and I was like, you know what? Sure, like I'm super attracted to him and like I got his name and this, all this stuff, 
but like, you know what, I'm going to just build a friendship with him instead. And I'm just going to see what happens because like, I actually really like this guy. Like he's super cool. We have a lot of the same interests. Like before this, like I hadn't really met any guys or like anyone that really knew Trevor Hall. And like I knew Trevor Hall because like of t teaching yoga for three years and like just knowing about that whole, like the spiritual space. He's like obviously a really big music artist in the spiritual space. And so he was, I remember like one night he sent me on YouTube this like uh, Trevor Hall YouTube video thing to watch and I was going out for a friend's birthday but the minute I came home I was like so stoked because I wanted to watch the concert because like I loved Trevor Hall and I was like oh my god like he knows about this stuff like he's kind of spiritual and I was like okay so like I'm vibing with this guy like and I feel like we could be really good friends. Um, and so like around this same time because a lot of my wounds were still the pickers for like my dating experiences and I had kind of given up on this whole like intuition stuff. I got myself into like a really weird situation with like three guys all around the same time and then got massively rejected by one of them and that like really, really hurt me. And um I think it was I mean, I remember it was New Year's Eve from twenty twenty one going into twenty twenty two and I decided going into 2022 I spent New Year's alone with my dog and I was like you know what like I'm gonna go into this year like completely single completely free like completely like I'm not going to choose any men anymore like I don't want to chase I don't want to be chosen like I don't give a shit about any of that stuff like I reached like an exhaustion point on New Year's Eve and I was like I need to love myself like I need to heal myself like I need I'm like I'm diving into the spiritual journey even more and like I'm understanding what all my wounds are now and I'm understanding how they were like running the show for me and I was like I'm gonna start choosing myself like I don't want to date anyone anymore like I'm not going to date a single person until like I meet someone who like wants to wants what I want basically and um I really refocused all my energy on me and and so in that time of choosing me it allowed me to face some of my deepest wounds and I did some really really big healing and as life would have it just a few weeks later Tyler and I were sitting um, at the fireplace outdoor fireplace of our building where we used to meet a lot and drink wine and just have these really deep conversations and I remember I looked at him as he was talking about something. We were in like a really deep conversation. It may have been about relationships. And I remember something in my heart shifted. Something in my energy totally shifted. And I realized that Christian, this guy, that this name that they had given me, it was him. Like I just, I just knew in my whole body, it was like this overwhelming sense of peace. And he was right in front of me and my heart like totally changed in that moment. And I wrote in that journal, I wrote in, in my journal that night that if I was right, that if I really received that information correctly, and if it really felt that centered in my body in that moment, that I was going to just keep my heart wildly open to him. And I was going to allow him to go through his own experience, even if it didn't look like the experience I had expected it to look like by like meeting my life partner. I was just going to let it be what it was meant to be. I was going to be really grateful for like our connection, no matter what it was. And I was going to develop 
a depth with him that I hadn't allowed myself to experience with anyone else before and see where it took us. And now we're here in like literally the healthiest and most vulnerable and beautifully loving relationship I've ever been in. And it was, it's greater than anything I could have ever imagined. And I literally every single day pinch myself that like I get to be with him because I sometimes feel like I'm not worthy of it or like I still battle with those wounds, you know, but at the end of the day, like I wasn't even able to allow a love like that into my life without looking at myself first. And when I learned how to look within and understand the stories and the traumas and the beliefs and the wounds that were running the show of my life, specifically within dating, when I was able to look into those, I started to understand that I actually can trust myself, that it's safe to trust the information that I receive. And this is the beauty of having intuition and and just being humans with this like knowing that we have this knowing that we have is actually supposed to provide us a sense of like unattachment, right? And to, and to give us a sense of peace. And I say this in the most genuine way ever, but had I been in the place where I am today and I received the information, Christian, and all the cues and all the keywords, which actually ended up all coming true when we were in Colorado together a year ago this month. I would have been in a very different place with this journey I was on to find my life partner. And what I mean by that is I imagine knowing how I am today with all the the knowledge I have today, that if I would have received the name Christian, I would have been very at peace knowing that what was meant for me would always find its way to me. And that I could trust myself and that I was going to be unattached and allow this person with this name to come forward and just see what happens and not force it, not control it, not come at it from fear or the ego um, and just not be fearful, you know, and not feel like I was going to go into worst case scenario thinking. And I didn't do that. And I was, I can't, and, and had I known, you know, what I know now, and I, I would have seen his name, you know, on Hinge and realized that I would have said like, hey, like, here's my number. I'm going to get off Hinge. I'm really over the app. Like, text me. We should hang out sometime. I think I've seen you around my building. And like, I would have been totally vulnerable and totally open and not weird, like at all. But I didn't operate from that place at that time. And so even after getting his name and like all of that, and like this person was here right in front of me and I had the opportunity to lean in and see what was going to happen and to, to really go on this cool adventure of like, was I, was I right? Was I not? Why is this person in my life? I just shut him out. I just deleted the app and I was like, fuck this. If he's not going to like love bomb me, which I was used to, then I'm not even going to like, I'm not going to trust myself and I'm not going to waste my time. And then I uh, just dated random people until I came back around again. So I think it's really, really important, this whole story, this whole experience, this whole journey that I'm sharing with you today is really to help you understand that, and, and this is something that I'm still learning, 
um, with certain things with myself, right? And there's this like running joke with all intuitives that I speak to that we don't do uh, readings for ourselves. <laughs> we have healers for the healers because we're all learning how to approach our own journeys with the self-love and the, the healing that we need. And sometimes other people are able to see that for us more than we're able to see it for ourselves. But when you're embarking on this journey of really flexing your intuition and learning how to use your intuition, and you're using it in the space of some of the more traumatic wounds and shadows that you have, it requires a level of awareness that you, you have to be open to receiving. Um, and that's like the best way that I can say it. And I hope that makes sense. I hope, I really hope that's like clear, but it's like, there is a sense of maturity and understanding about yourself that you need to have in order to look in within in those places. And I think that when you do intuitive readings for other people, it's really easy to see that for them. And the reason they're coming to you is because they can't see that in themselves and you can see it clearer for them. But when you're an intuitive and you've got all these wounds in front of your, your true self and you've got all these walls and these shadows in front of your truest self, and this is true for really anyone, but I can only speak from my personal experience, whether you're an intuitive or not, um, you see the world from a very different lens. And it goes back to this, this world that I think really spirit is asking us to lean into. I know uh, Mother Mary work and, and Joan of Arc and Mary Magdalene, some of the bigger um, goddesses that I work with and like Ascended Masters. They touch on this a lot in their work and the texts and in their teachings and in their messages and, you know, the, the cards and all of that. It's this sense of like, yes, you are this beautiful soul with this purpose and this mission in life. And also you come to Earth to have this human experience for a reason. And your human experience is actually in service to your purpose and your growth and your evolution of, of you yourself as a soul, which this experience was for me. But first we need to really look within and understand what shaped us and who and 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 who shaped us and all of those experiences that we have and this is why i love that the spiritual community and there's certain people like zach alexander is a great example of this and i think the holistic psychologist is starting to touch on this stuff too um and a bunch of others those are the two that come to mind first but like you can't spiritually bypass your trauma you just can't Granted, not everyone's going to have the same experience that I had with dating. Like, yours may look like, you know, you may be re-traumatizing yourself through your job or through your relationship with another family member or whatever it looks like for you. Mine happened to be through dating and love, which was some of my deepest wounding. But you can't spiritually bypass your trauma. You can't give a spiritual reason for the things that you go through, for everything, because sometimes your human experience and your trauma is actually leading the way. And that's a really vulnerable thing to, to say out loud, because a lot of us prefer to go to the spiritual realms because it's happier and it's more joyful and it's lighter and it's just different and it's hopeful and it feels more magical. No one really wants to get into their trauma work. I mean, I think that's probably the biggest one of the biggest things that I struggle with in, in my work, and I know many other shadow workers and people that work within trauma within the spiritual world and even just trauma therapists in general, like 
it's hard to convince people to do this work. It's, you know, that's the biggest challenge I think I have. It's like convincing people that it's worth going into the most painful parts of who they are and really seeing what's for them there on the other side, which is usually most of the time, 99.9% .9 of the time, super magical and super beautiful. But it's hard to convince people of that. Like, basically, you're, you're telling people, hey, let's go look at, like, the parts of you that feel the ugliest, that feel the most painful, that hurt the most, that you've been probably disassociating from for your whole life. Let's go into those. Let's understand them. Let's see them. And then let's see what magic is waiting for you on the other side. No one want, really, really wants to do that. I mean, I do that for a living and I love the fixing healing work and I still have a lot of resistance around going into certain things. For instance, yesterday, I'm, I'm in this like emotional intuition and intelligence class. And uh, yesterday, um, we had an exercise where we were going into our deepest shadows around like breakups and love. And I literally disassociated the entire time. My brain was like, yeah, we're not, we're not doing this today. And I had to keep pulling myself back into center to understand, like to really like understand and pay attention to what she was saying. And I kept reaching for my phone and doodling. And I was like, yeah, my brain is not having this right now. And so it's normal. It's natural. Like our, bot, our, our brains are trying to protect us. So what do a lot of us spiritual people do? We're like, oh, I'll just do ayahuasca and I'll... A microdose and I'll go to a full moon circle and I'll do like a cow ceremony and then I'll get Reiki done like four times a week and then like I'll just talk to my healer and she'll just give me like all the information I need to know and trust me when I tell you I did all that shit for two and a half years and it didn't fix really anything it just it made me feel hopeful it made me feel um magic in my life it gave me a lot of um yeah, hopeful is probably the best word. Like it gave me a lot of hope that there's a lot of magic in this world and it would give me clarity. It would definitely give me clarity and it would give me some guidance. And I really felt like a high after these experiences because you get to, it's just magical. It's just when you're in the spiritual world and you experience something like a, you know, a shamanic soul retrieval or an intuitive reading or Reiki or prana healing or whatever, it's fucking magical. It's wild that you get like a dopamine rush afterwards. But that doesn't mean that the problem is fixed. It just means that that's leading you into the more awareness around what really needs to be healed. And I think um, there's so much magic in a lot of the, you know, plant medicine world and all that, but there's still work that needs to be done. And I really believe, and I stand by the philosophy that like some of that work is deeply rooted in our human experience. And it needs to be healed with things like shadow work or EMDR or, you know, even family constellation therapy, which is like pretty logical given how spiritual it can be at the same time. So I'm kind of getting off on a tangent, but my point is, is that like there, my point is, hmm, what's the best way I can say this? In order for us to be aligned with our highest selves, in order for us to be truly aligned with our truth, with the love that we are, with our purpose, with our life partners that are truly, truly, truly in alignment for us, in order to be aligned with like the most magical life that we could ever dream up for it to actually happen in reality, 
we have to be able to go into the places within our human experience that are preventing us from receiving those things. And for me, I really wanted a life partner. I really wanted a deep connection with someone. I wanted to be in love. And I could not receive that even though he was there for like a year in my life in and out in random ways. I could not receive that because I kept running, because I kept pushing it away, because I didn't believe I was worthy, because I wanted to be chosen, because I wanted to be validated and I was used to love bombing and that wasn't happening and so I thought he wasn't interested in me. Like my trauma was like, oh my God, like this isn't love. When in reality, like my trauma was just the lens and the filter that all of this was was moving through. And when I was able to face those wounds and those shadows and really see what was holding me back and what was really running the show in my life, when I was really able to face those and lean into them, on the other side of that was the most magical love of my life. And that is, that is what the point of this whole episode is. And of course, I got off on tangents and I get, you know, really passionate about certain things. But that is really, that's really the core. And if if I can give anyone any advice about anything, it's like, you can do this shadow work and the wounds and all of that and the, the triggers. You can face all those things with someone that holds you in a really safe container you have the ability to heal your life. And I promise on the other side of that is everything that you want. And I don't really know why we come back to earth to experience these things and then, you know, eventually find the magic after we move through them. And I guess, you know, it's all in service to our soul's evolution. And that's a whole existential conversation I could have on another episode, but it just is what it is. It is what it is. We come back to this earth, we choose our families, we choose our experiences, we choose the people that we're going to work through karmic things with to teach us certain lessons. And on the other side of that, when we're able to really work through those things, we find our alignment to the magic, to the love, to the, to the relationship, to the career, to our purpose, to the truth. It just is what it is, part of the evolution. And this was part of my evolution. This was my initiation, not only into trusting myself, but it was my initiation into the love of my life, the love I had been waiting for. And everyone has their own initiations. Like Tyler and I talked about last night, he didn't have an initiation really like that into our relationship. It was a much different experience for him. But he's experiencing initiations within his career and his purpose. Like It looks different for everyone how you get initiated into living an intuitively, spiritually led life, if that's something that calls to you. But granted, everyone kind of goes through an initiation of some kind, and this was mine. So I'm really, I'm really grateful that you showed up on the episode today, and uh, hopefully you were able to follow along. <laughs> and... Um, it, 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 I just feel grateful to be able to show up on this platform and really share my experience. Um, and most of all, I really, I really want to end with this, this belief that I have. It's like, you are already worthy of everything that you desire. Everything that you desire is already ready for you. 
what you want wants you. Um, and if you feel blocked or you feel like you're having a hard time accessing that and you're having a hard time connecting with that, it's safe for you to lean into the places that are blocking you from that. And, and it may take time and it may take you trying to find the right person to lead you through it, the right modality, whatever it is. But what you want wants you to. And the best advice I can give is stay open and stay unattached. Stay open with an open heart and stay unattached. And I promise you, beautiful things come on the other side of that. So with that, thank you so much for joining me on this really random episode I decided to record. I hope you got something out of it and you felt like the message resonated with you and where you're at in your life. Or maybe you listened to it and you can think of somebody or a few people in your life that you're like, oh my gosh, they need to hear this message. And I just encourage you to send it to them. And, you know, with every podcast that you listen to, you know, us hosts, we are only here to speak from our experience. We are here to speak from the place that we're at on our evolution in our life. And we share vulnerably and openly with you so that it may be in service to you and your evolution and your growth. So I hope that you keep that in mind with every episode of every podcast that you listen to. And I hope that you are able to really take something away from this that spoke to your heart. Again, if you have questions about this experience or about using your intuition, um, DM me, email me, um, and uh, I'm on Instagram at heal underscore with underscore cat. I would love to hear your feedback on the episode and what you took away from it. And um, yeah, just thank you for being here. I'm just so honored. And uh, I don't know when the next time is that I'll be popping on a podcast. Um, I feel like this is just going to marinate here in the ethers for a while, but, um, yeah, follow along at any, the channel anyways, just in case I do tend to pop on randomly again in the future and maybe you'll meet some information that resonates with you. So with that, have a beautiful day. Thank you so much for being here and, uh, see you on Instagram. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Heal with Cat podcast. My name is Kat, and I am your host, and I am so excited to be back with you on another week and another episode of this podcast where I don't really have a plan of when I'm going to show up or what I'm going to say. 80% of the time, it's me just saying, you know what, I feel like I want to talk about this, and I do. So that's where we are this week. And honestly, I've actually been thinking about talking about this for a while, this topic of spirit babies and ancestral healing and this divine connection between these two very, very important topics. But before we get into that, I just want us to take a moment to get into our bodies, to be in a place of receptivity and openness, because as with all things, when we're taking in information, it's important to connect to discernment, our own truth, and our own bodies. So let's take a moment. If you're driving, keep your eyes open, but just see if you can connect to your breath. And even if you're just sitting down somewhere or you're vacuuming or you're doing the dishes, wherever you are, just take a moment to stop. Even if your eyes are open and Take a deep breath. 
on your own time, just whenever it is. Big inhale in and a big exhale out. Make it long and juicy. No rush. Just get back into your body. And I want you to take a moment to either tap gently or just focus your attention on your heart space. And whether you're tapping or just bringing your awareness, I'd like you to just imagine a green wheel of light over the heart. And as you breathe for a moment, see if you can expand this green wheel of light into a healthy size. So use your gut, your intuition, use your body, as a felt sense indicator of whether your heart chakra is too big or too small. And imagine bringing it back to a place of balance. And when you're done, last big intentional breath and come back to the moment. So aside from spirit babies and ancestral healing and the divine connection, a little update for you on life over here. We are T minus nine days away at the time of recording this episode from moving to Colorado. We have been on a journey of purging all of our belongings and packing things in boxes and deciding what to take, what not to take. <laughs> like, We've been on the U-Haul journey, and then we decided not to, and now we're on the uh, hitch journey. I, I mean, I don't even know like all the terminology. Thank God my boyfriend literally just takes care of things because I would be a literal lost hot mess, but we're doing it. We're starting over, and there's so much to think about when we're kind of stepping into a new chapter of our lives. You know, it's a lot of unknown. And with the unknown, it can present some fears that come up, maybe some excitement, opportunity. I'm I think right now I'm just holding a lot of space for everything that exists within me. Um and same for Tyler. It's like some days we're a little bit hesitant, some days we're excited. Ultimately, our goal is to grow roots somewhere where a family and a home can be established. And it's a big change. And speaking of family, let's dive into the topic of spirit babies, ancestral healing, and the divine connection. So what is even inspiring this episode? Well, if I'm being honest, this is not a topic I ever thought I would truly spend a lot of time on. The concept of spirit babies is not new to me, but it's really something that has been kind of presented to me over and over and over again. And I just love how the universe works, how spirit works, how the soul works, how life works, where after seeing something enough times, you're like, okay, I feel like I should be paying attention to this. And that's exactly how I feel about spirit babies and ancestral healing. Side note, when I was a kid, 
I don't know why this is one of my core memories, but I was in Palm Springs in the car with my dad. I think I had a couple siblings in the back seat. We were driving from the grocery store back to our like vacation home. And I will never forget. I looked at my dad as in the passenger's front passenger front seat. And I said, Poppy, do babies live on the other side, like in heaven before they come down to earth and like go in a, in a mom? I must have been like eight, nine, ten years old. And he was like, no, only some religions believe that, but Catholics don't. And I was like, huh. For some reason, that, that memory stuck in my head forever. So when I learned about spirit babies almost 10 years ago, the concept wasn't foreign to me. It felt like truth. It felt like something I had always known, but it felt like I battled with the religious context versus what the heck new age spirituality says about it. So 10 years ago, I was told that I had a female daughter who was following me around. And of course, at this time, I was in a different serious relationship and every medium that I spoke to said, be careful, you know, in your relationship because you have a, like a daughter following you around. And I was like, I, okay, like not getting pregnant anytime soon. So thank you. And she's been with me this entire time. And she's come and go in terms of the presence in my life. But she made her grand re-debut less than a year ago. And as I've really been diving deeper into my spiritual journey and my ancestral healing, she's really come to present herself to me more and more. And this is not the first time I'm opening up about this. And I fucking love talking about this because I think it's so fascinating. And I think it really shakes up the religious views that I was raised on, and it helps me to believe in something bigger, more magical, and more inspiring than the religious context of procreation and having kids. Plus, I've seen so many synchronicities and signs that it's hard for me to want to go back and believe what religion says. So my my daughter recently in the last year told me that she's happy that I waited for Tyler that she, uh, well, she presents herself to me as a teenager. She's never a baby. She looks like Merida from the Disney movie Brave. Ironically, a movie about a mother and a daughter. She has a wild, creative, spontaneous, adventurous spirit, but very, very grounded. And She's beautiful. Her energy is beautiful. And I was in a Kundalini um, healing about two or three months ago. And I, it was one of the most profound ones that I've ever had. And I was experiencing so many different visions and beings and healings and all the chakras were going. And at the end of it, I turned over onto my side, which is a common thing that happens to me in kundalini healings. I always turn over on my left side. I think there's a lot of like root chakra stuff that I get healings with in kundalini. And I always know that when I turn over on my left side, 
it's kind of my body's energetic way of saying, okay, you've received what you need to receive. It's time to rest and integrate and ground. So at the end of my Kundalini in that specific one a couple months ago, I did it about 10 minutes towards the end of the session. And all of a sudden, my eyes were closed, but my eyes might as well have been open. I felt and saw Hazel. She presented her name as Hazel long ago, my daughter. And she kind of put her forearms and hands on top of each other on the edge of my bed. And she just looked down at me. She placed her hand on my arm and she said, I'll wait. Like, I makes me emotional. Like, I'll, I'll wait for you. And I just said to her, like, telepathically, I was like, I am doing everything I can to be the best mom for you. But I have to I have to learn to mother myself right now and I'm healing some deep stuff and it's not that I don't love you and I don't want you. I'm just not ready. And she just sat there and it was almost like she didn't even have to say anything. Oh my God. There's literally a white feather coming down in front of me out of nowhere right now. She literally just, that's my sign for spirit. She literally just telepathically sent me this energy of like, it's okay. I've been waiting for so long. Like I'll, I'll keep waiting. And it makes me so emotional. And then she gave me the most beautiful gift of all, which is the vision of what she is going to look like. And um, she gave me this vision of her sitting on like a fabric couch. And she was like two, one or two, maybe three years old, like really young toddler. She had like short, light brown hair. It was in pigtails. And she looked like, she looked a lot like Tyler, but she also had like looked a little bit like me, but she was so cute. (laughs) So just chunky, like sitting on the couch. And I thought to myself, that's what I'm doing this for her. Like I'm, I'm doing this for me, but I'm also really doing this for her. And so the, the inspiration that comes from connecting with the spirit baby, it just, it just opened my world up to so much more than I ever thought was, was possible to experience in the spirit realm. So I don't know what happened in terms of my energetic, uh, like antenna for spirit. But after that experience, I started calling in a lot of female clients who were coming to me and saying, I really want to get pregnant. I'm 45 or I'm 38 or I, you know, I'm 29 and I want to get pregnant in the future. But I feel like there's some stuff that I have to clean up before this baby comes in and I keep getting guidance that there's more to heal. Well, a very good friend of mine who we do a lot of uh, like online events together, Christine McGlinchey Yap, wonderful human being. I will link her profile in the show notes. We just did a heart healing circle together last week. She and I really started talking about this idea of ancestral healing and spirit babies and how there are spirit babies that have healthy parents who are waiting for the most divine time to come into the world. And these babies have very little karma with their parents. 
I, I just did an Akashic reading, um, Akashic records reading with my friend Chase last week. And I asked, is there any karma between me and my daughter that I need to clean up before she comes in? And he said, like, there's literally nothing. I don't even know if you've had a past life with her before. And I was like, what? Like, what? So that's a really common theme that I'm sensing with a lot of clients right now. Um, last week alone, I did five ancestral chakra readings, and all of them were about women trying to call in their spirit babies. So we are really going to use this episode to explore the profound phenomenon of how these spirit babies are coming in to women's lives and calling them into ancestral healing. Because when we, we dive into this mystical realm of the divine connection between spirit babies and women, we really are looking at a deep journey of self-discovery. And I am even going to go as far to say as ancestral restoration. Like these women that are getting called to this work, and you may be one of them, are seeing, feeling, sensing, knowing that there's more to do. And these spirit babies are using energy and communication to bring their mothers into the awareness of, I want you to be my mom, and also... I need you to do this. Um, and so to kind of close the loop on Christine and my conversation, we're really seeing that these spirit babies, they have a standard. They're not coming in with a lot of karma. They're not coming in with a lot of past life energy with women. They're coming into women who are healing who are getting down into the root chakra, the sacral and the solar plexus and really doing some deep healing work in those areas because these spirit babies have an intense and very profound purpose in creating this new earth with us where we're shifting out of this very masculine, protective, patriarchal, I can never say that word, right? And power-oriented world and we're awakening to the divine feminine, which is all about mystic and intuition and feeling and sensing and expressing and dropping our protection mechanisms and returning to love. Um, there's a healthy balance of Christ consciousness coming into the world with compassion, forgiveness and understanding and love. So our world is shifting. And if you follow Schumann Resonance at all, you know that on Father's Day, like we saw these crazy waves come in. And it's energetic proof that the world is changing. And it is our duty and responsibility. And I really hesitate using those words, but I do feel that it is our, maybe not duty, but it is our responsibility to clean up the pain of the past to stand in our light and our power more and create a world for future generations that embodies and exemplifies the kind of world we wish we lived in. So with all of that being said, let's start at understanding the concept of a spirit baby. Now, when we explore the belief of spirit babies, we're really getting curious about 
how they are truly just souls wanting to be born into physical bodies. And if you haven't read the book Spirit Babies by Walter Makachin, I listened to that book in like literal four hours. Like I had it on like double speed. It is incredible. And if you really want to dive deep into uh, the exploration of what spirit babies are and how they um, show up in your energetic field and how to call in with certain um, exercises and mantras and meditations. Walter, who has since passed, has a phenomenal book called Spirit Babies on that. So I'm just going to go over it briefly, but if you really want to get into the nitty gritty, highly recommend that book. So spirit babies can be anything from past life connections. Uh, They could be previous ancestors in your lineage that want to come back into the family system to maybe not for karma, but for healing. I find that a lot of spirit babies that are coming back and reincarnating into the same family lineage are previous ancestors that want to experience the benefit of being your child because of the healing that you're doing. It could be really anything that that draws a spirit baby and a mom and a dad together. We can't forget the dads. Um, Obviously, you need two people to make a baby. And I focus on women because I'm getting a lot of women that are coming to me about calling in their spirit babies. I haven't gotten any men yet, Um, but it takes two to tango. So... (laughs) When when a client comes to me and says, you know, my husband doesn't really do this work, he's not really into this stuff, he, you know, he's more based in like Western medicine, which is like 90% of the time, that's beautiful. Like we need a balance of the masculine and the feminine. Women keep doing your work. Men, they hold the the container, they they give you the seed that you need to have the baby, like they are doing their part too. Um, as long as they're supportive and loving and all those things. So but the, the connection between spirit babies and women is so strong because obviously the woman homes and houses the baby for nine months and births the baby into this world and is the portal um, that this spirit baby comes through into its own earthly experience and body. So there's a there's kind of a unique experience that can happen for some people with spirit babies similar to what i experienced um i think i experienced what i did to help other women understand and see the signs and synchronicities of a spirit baby calling to you and i i think for me like in terms of connecting with with my daughter, I know that I'm going to have a son, but I don't really know much about him. And I actually think I don't really need to know a lot about him yet. I think with time, obviously I will, but Hazel is kind of front and center. Um, oh, by the way, I don't know. I can't tell yet if she wants her name in this lifetime to be Hazel or if she just likes the name. I I would, trust me, before she gave me that name, I would have never considered that name. But I think a part of me wants to honor so much her own unique experience. And I'm like, shit, if you want your name to be Hazel, as long as Tyler likes it, I'm fine with it. I don't, I don't mind, actually. I think it's a really beautiful name. It's just not like a, a name I would have thought of right off the bat. But um, so 
a lot of women will find themselves initially drawn to spirit babies just by the like the keywords alone like spirit baby that's that's how i was called into it um you get really curious about what that means you kind of start looking stuff up um if your tiktok or instagram algorithm is smart enough it'll start presenting motherhood stuff to you but i think what one of the biggest indicators that a spirit baby is trying to get your attention is um by like energetically communicating with your soul through your guides or through whoever or just through your higher self by like saying certain things towards like saying "Mm, how do i explain this you will probably feel called to healing your relationship with your father healing your relationship with your mother you may start to get curious about what it's like to raise a baby you may start to look at babies and have a little bit of a shift in, huh, I actually think I might want one of those one day. Um, you may start imagining, if, you, if you're not in a relationship with someone that you want to have a child with, you may start really feeling pulled to a relationship all of a sudden. Um, like, I know that there's a lot of women who work with an intuitive dating where they will say to their spirit baby, please call in you know, your father, your mother, who is the other half of bringing you into this world and spirit babies oftentimes will help the support of the connection between mother and father if they haven't met yet. So if you in your life are being called to healing the mother wound, healing the father wound, looking at ancestral trauma, and also kind of feeling like babies is a fun idea and you're kind of being pulled towards shifting your awareness around babies or motherhood or fatherhood or whatever it is. This to me is a sign that the spirit baby is calling you into kind of initiation of, hey, look at me. Like, I want your attention. I want to come in soon. Hello. Um, And it's interesting for me because like the first time that I recognized my connection with my spirit baby was almost 10 years ago but i was not in a place to bring her into the world and i still to this day don't know why she was so present at that time other than maybe it was just a cool piece of information i got to know about and keep in the back of my head uh or maybe it was all in service to what i do now but you know (laughs) I don't know. I always think like, I always think about how she really had to be patient and wait because I had to get through a few years before I could even start thinking about this stuff. But I do think that it's, it is interesting to just get curious about if your baby is trying to communicate with you or speak to you. And spirit babies are amazing catalysts for ancestral healing. And we kind of talked about how spirit babies can act as guides, kind of calling women to embark on their ancestral healing journeys. But it's it's also looking at the how spirit babies are asking us to examine and go deeper into our own transformative power of healing ancestral wounds. Because like I said earlier, it's not just for us. It's, it is these spirit babies and the future children of our generations saying like, hey, we have purposes, we have meaning, we have things that we want to contribute to on earth, and we want you to bring us into the world 
raise us and help us be a part of this. And so I, I just think that's so beautiful. Um, 